Today on the Sportnado, the NFL draft approaches, the NBA playoffs, and the ESPN layoffs. We're going to get to it all right now with Grant and Jonathan. Well, you uh, you did one rhyme in there. It felt the whole it was good. The whole thing felt a little bit like you were trying to make everything rhyme, but it just didn't happen. I mean, how am I going to rhyme NFL draft with layoffs? <laughs> Try and go with other things besides playoffs and layoffs. Firing that rhyme. people is ESPN's craft. Yeah, and um, the NBA playoffs are LeBron James's craft. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I figured it out. Crack that nut. Cool. Let's just jump right into quarter number one, shall we? All right. Let's get going. It's the Sportnado. It is. That's what we do. We sport here on the Sportnado. And ESPN, sporting a little bit less. ESPN is not going to be sporting for much longer, I don't think. It's a real question. That's what we're going to talk about. In case you've been in a cave or just don't pay attention to these kinds of things, ESPN has laid off over 100 of their on-air talent. That's sports personalities, including some really big names. According to ESPN, they have over a thousand on-air personalities, so it's ten percent, which is significant. Absolutely, and yeah. some, some of the people were a little surprising. Jason Stark, one of their biggest name baseball writers. Yeah, yeah. that guy's going to land on his feet, I'm sure. Ed Werder, NFL reporter. He's been there forever. Yes, I have 17 years. Yeah. I think. Jay Crawford. Yeah, he's been a sports center anchor. That's the only anchor they laid off, isn't it? Um, at least the only anchor that I'm aware of. There's probably other anchors who we, who we never heard of because there's so many of them, right? Yeah. Trent Dilfer, gone. He was never very good. No one liked that guy. Len Elmore, college yep. basketball. Uh, 21 analyst. years. Yep. He's good. I like that guy. Andy yeah. Katz, like really, really well-known college basketball guy. Really surprised they got rid of him. Danny Cannell. Woohoo! Yeah, no one likes that guy. Fuck Danny Cannell. That guy sucks. Also, Britt McHenry sucks. She was, uh, but she's not as reprehensible as Danny Cano. Um, she's reprehensible in a different way. In what way? Oh, you don't know about her? No. Oh, this is why I'm glad. I'm. I yeah, had no yeah. idea. Oh, she, her car was towed and it was in one of those, you know, lots where you have to pay money to get it out. Yeah. And there's video of her. This is from like two years ago. There's, they have, you know, at the desk, they keep video of everything just in case, I guess. And she is so mean to the person behind the counter, and she says things like, you know, this is why you make $10 an hour, and I make, you know, however much money she Really? Makes. Oh, and she goes on and on and on. It is brutal. And sort of like, this woman is clearly just doing her job. She's not the one who towed the car, and she has no authority to, to like, make anything better for Brick McHenry. And Brick McHenry treats her like she is, like, in the bottom of her shoe. I mean, it that's, is, like, that's not cool. really de- degrading. Okay. That's so, pretty bad. So they're both really kind of Let's awful talk people. about why Danny Cannell's bad. I want to talk okay. about that. Go for it. Because if you guys don't know who Danny Cannell is, he does. Is it mostly college football stuff? Um, it used to be, but then he became Ryan Rosillo's partner after uh, Scott Van Patten went to do Sports Center at midnight, I guess. Van or whatever Pelt? It is. Van Pelt, right? Yeah. Uh, went to go do Sports Center because they used to have a popular radio show. So then they were looking for someone to fill the void so Rosillo could have a partner, and they ultimately chose Cannell. Right, so Canal was a college quarterback. He played in yeah. college, and I think Actually, he might have NFL. even yeah played on the Redskins. Wasn't super su- the Washington team. Yes, wasn't super successful in the NFL. He made a lot of money, but wasn't super successful. Right, he, he stuck around for a while. So he's the guy. Some amount of time ago, which we're not sure of, somewhere between one and two years ago. Yeah, he uh, he called concussion research a war on football. He said the liberal media was the reason for concussion research, and that. Football does not actually cause concussions or CTE or any of these. Did he say that second part? Yes. Sure. Yeah, the liberal media part. 
No, the football does not cause concussions. Yes, he did say that. Really? Yeah. That's bad. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. He um he would often take sort of a uh, contrarian stance, as you can tell, but his big thing was war on football, and it wasn't just about concussions, actually. He saw like all of this as being a war on football. Oh, the ratings are down, and everyone's talking about it. That's part of the war on football. Right. You know, and it's like, what are you talking about? There's... Definitely no war on football. It's kind of like the war on Christmas. Like, right. Because we talked about a different religion. There's a war on Christmas. That it's is like, a, it's right. exactly like that. Perfect yeah. analogy. Right. Yeah, Danny Cannell, I hope that guy doesn't land on his feet. No. I, gotta tell you. I, I, I don't think he should, but he had a pretty big audience because he was with uh, Rosillo. And I don't know. I mean, one thing I'm aware of is the sport podcast you know, area is going to be a lot more filled up pretty soon. There's yeah. going to be a lot more podcasts really soon. All these yeah. people are no, – they're not all going to get jobs, right? Only some of them are going to get jobs because ultimately – because, because it's a dying industry. That's where I was going, right? Like it isn't like Fox Sports 1 is going to be hiring all these people. Like they have been actually, the biggest name people. Like there's just not a place. I don't know. I mean I expect Andy Katz will, will ultimately end up somewhere, but a guy like Carl Ravitch – I don't know what happens to him. What happens to Hannah Storm? They actually, Hannah Storm, Carl Ravitch, and Ryan Rosillo actually have not been fired, but their roles are, quote, significantly reduced, unquote, which means they're taking a major pay cut. They're doing a lot less work, and they're being phased out, right? Yeah. Um, Ed Werder, is Ed Werder just, just never going to work again? Is he going to go back to being a beat reporter and take some poor guy's job, you know, like at some local paper or local news station? I don't know, man. What happens to Len Elmore? It was weird because there were... Everyone who got fired yesterday all wrote a tweet, and they all wrote the same thing. You know, oh, I've been here for nine years. It's been an incredible time. Yeah. And they're all lying, obviously. Right. They hate it, and they hate ESPN. Danny Cannell actually is the one who wrote sort of the saltiest tweet that I saw. Because he's a salty bastard. I mean, good for him. He was a little bit more honest, at least. He just, And he, it wasn't too salty, but he said something like, you know, me and my family moved to Bristol. We went all in on this job, and, like, now I've been fired. <laughs> like, in five minutes, I've been fired, and it feels... I don't know if he said it feels bad, but he sort of implied, like, I got screwed here. Yeah. But, you know, fair enough. Whatever. Like, I mean, to be unhappy about it. He's allowed to be unhappy, but I don't like that guy. No. Let's talk about the dying industry, though. Let's, Let's talk about, talk about I want to just read people. one Danny Cannell tweet. Okay. This is, the war on football is real. Not sure source, but concussion alarmists are loving it. Liberal media loves it. Doesn't matter. It's real. What does not sure source mean? Is there, uh, like, is he, like, is he linking to something? No. He's just saying he's not sure what the source of the war on football is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, which part of the liberal media? Yeah. In the liberal media, to be clear, when Daniel Cannell is talking about he means, like, the New York Times, right? Right. That's the liberal media. Just checking, yeah. right? It's not, like, MSNBC even. <laughs> no. It's, like, the normal media. No, I, I mean, media. like, I'm not happy when people get fired if I don't know anything bad about them. Danny Cannell makes me happy that he got fired. Danny Cannell should have been fired a year and a half ago, minimum. He never yeah. should have got the job, honestly. He doesn't even have a good voice for radio. But beyond that, he's just he's just not very good and didn't bring a lot to the table. And then he also brought these absurd, absurd opinions that almost felt like he was carrying water for ESPN and the yeah. NFL, which is lame. But let's not talk about Danny Cannell anymore. Let's talk about the bigger picture here. Let's talk about ESPN in huge trouble, losing massive amounts of subscribers on a monthly basis yeah. as more and more people cut the cord and it's not going to get any better for ESPN, right? They're screwed just like all of the rest of the traditional networks are screwed. That's right. But the difference is ESPN relies on more money coming from the cable license fees than anybody else. They make something like 8 bucks per subscriber. 
And they have more commitments financially than everybody else, too. They're the guys who did, you know, the $1.1 billion per year deal for Monday Night Football. Yeah. And the only way that works is because they can charge so much money per subscriber, and they had a lot of subscribers, and they also get money via ads. They need both those things to work. As subscribers continue to dwindle, they cannot afford these rights fees. Now, they're owned by Disney, so ultimately Disney just can afford it, right? Yeah. But— it does mean ESPN, as we see, has to refigure everything out. And it also brings up a question for me about where are televised sports ultimately going? Like, what's the next NBA and NFL contract really going to look like? Who's going to be bidding on them? And are they going to be for significantly less? Are player salaries going to finally start to go down? It's I, really possible. These are all great questions. And let's get to the root of the matter here. Cool. Um, starting with why ESPN initially began to decline, and that would be now that there's so much on-demand sports information, Sports Center is not important anymore. Right. The only- like 20 years ago, Sports Center was awesome because it's like, oh, you get all of your sports news in one place. Right. It's great, you know. But now you just go on the internet and you can get it just as easily. And there's plenty of talented people out there writing and doing videos about it. And you don't need ESPN. That was step one. Step yeah. two was ESPN also became like almost to start to counter the fact that highlights were available everywhere and instantly. Um, like ESPN sort of birthed the hot take. Yeah. You know, like, pardon the interruption, first take, a billion other shows where they debate stuff and they talk about stuff and people say controversial things. Right. And for a while, that was really the place to get that stuff, to get, like, you know, interesting sports opinions. But now a show like this exists. Sportnado exists. And what's this thing going to do? Like, <laughs> yeah, they can't compete with us. <laughs> but the point is, like, you can get those kinds of opinions lots of places if you're looking for them. You know, also, it's not hard they, to find them. And you can get them on demand. And they hitch their wagon to a couple of people who are very detestable. I mean, Skip Bayless, and but those guys made them a lot of money. Uh, they don't regret, yeah, at all doing that. That's like the, the place they're happy about, right? I know, but that's what they. That's the thing is they're going towards that place where they need the Skip Bayless and the Stephen A. Smith to make them notable. They just need these loud, obnoxious personalities. It's not what ESPN's about. It's it's supposed to be about sports, not just yelling. I mean, the only reason why they've gone this way is because that's what the ratings have shown them. I know, works, right? I know, and I'm saying that's that's a bad thing. Yeah, I agree. I mean, ESPN basically is screwed either way. Either they have to become more populist and bad for the sophisticated viewer right and turn off the sophisticated viewer which they have done yes or they have to be more boring turn off the lower common denominator viewer and also this is sophisticated viewers got a lot of choices out there and may not choose espn anyway even if they are even if they're doing good journalism sometimes yeah so it's a tough spot the truth is they got too big for their britches right they were too much and because of this onslaught of video being on demand and the internet, you know, because of the internet, basically, they're, they're, they can't compete with that. Like, right. we get sports news instantly on our phone. You never have to tell me a score anymore, ESPN. I know. The final nail in the coffin is going to be when somebody who's not a TV network buys the rights to a major package of NBA games or NFL games. I mean, and We're on the verge of we're that. We're on the verge of that. And, I mean, if ESPN can't show me live sports anymore that I – or if they can, but I can also just get on the internet and I don't have to subscribe to ESPN for that. What the fuck's the point of ESPN? I mean, there, I, I cut the cord about a year ago, and I do not miss ESPN at all. Now, I do have the option. Like, I've got a lounge in my building where right. I go and you know, very comfortably watch the big games that are on ESPN. Or, of course, we all go out to bars and watch the games. Or I can watch them at your place or whatever. So it's a little bit different for me. Than well, because for, for now, they can still float on that a little bit. But right. within the next five years, I have to believe that most professional sports games are going to be available th- not through a cable subscription. I mean, ESPN is clearly moving towards the same kind of uh, 
concept that most other people are doing, HBO and company have done, which is a subscription model via the internet, you know, where you can just buy ESPN and nothing else. The thing is, I mean, how much are people going to be willing to pay per month for ESPN? It's a lot different than HBO, right? right? ESPN is relying on the athleticism of the athletes playing the sports and then people talking about that. HBO is creating original content that you can only watch if you have HBO. Correct. It's um, a different thing. Also, like even if you wanted to watch that movie somewhere else, you'd have to pay for it somewhere else on HBO. Yeah. So you can see the value of it. With ESPN, it's like, oh, I can pay ESPN 12 bucks a month. Or I can just turn on a million other things where I can get the highlights and the sports opinions and talking about this. I mean, if I want to hear someone talk about the Boston Celtics, I just go to Reddit. There's a yeah. million things on, on the Boston Celtics there. Or Celtics blog. Or There's so many places. ESPN's one place I can read about the Celtics. But the, I don't need them. No. They need me. I don't need them. They just... I don't think their business model works for the modern era. And right. they're trying to pivot, but there's nowhere to go. I mean... I think this is to your point they, where you said they got too big for their britches. Yeah. They got huge because they were perfect for 10, 15 years ago. It was amazing. It was a great network, and it was really like it filled a niche that was needed. Yeah. Was- but that's, it's no longer needed, and there's no place they can go now where they would require the same budget or accrue the same revenue. There's it no place like in the, in the – even if they do a completely new – online direction they're never going to have the same upside revenue wise probably i mean it's we say that we don't really know it but seems unlikely it feels like they're barnes and noble right i mean yeah. they had a million stores they were everywhere they were doing great and then the internet came along and crushed them yeah and that's it's a slower slower road because video was slower on the internet and lots of other things but here we are like amazon has destroyed all, all the big book stores right. pretty much and the internet is pretty much destroying tv yeah right it is so even though we're at peak tv you know, all the great shows are now, but well, I don't still. watch them on cable. I watch them on, you know, a streaming device. Right. But you stream yeah. them, you know, over your cable connection, no. right? No. You don't? Like, you mean like if I. I mean, you have Comcast, right? Yes. Right. So you pay a cable company to get Oh, you mean the internet? Shows. The internet access. No. Like, you can get HBO without having cable. You can, but you can't get everything without getting cable. You can't get like. Um, I don't know if you can get AMC without having cable. I'm not sure if you can. I mean, I like Better Call Saul. I don't know about right. you. Of course, but, if you get but Netflix, Netflix has yeah, that stuff, too. It's like a year later, but they yeah. have two seasons Also, of Hulu now. has a lot of that stuff, too. And also, if you want to be illegal, there's lots of ways to get it anyway. Yeah. Right? You can get stuff immediately if you right. want to do that. So there's a million options. We would never advocate any illegal activity of course not. on Sportnado. You could also, by the way, download it on iTunes and pay like per show, so only the stuff you really want. There's a yeah. million ways to do it. Google Play as well. So, yeah, ESPN screwed. It's going to be interesting to see two things. Number one, how they manage the rest of these huge rights fee agreements that they have. They, they've signed up with um, the BCS for the championship game for something like the next nine years. It's right. an outrageous amount of money. They're signed up for Monday Night Football for at least, I think, two more years. They've got um, you know, other major agreements with sports leagues. I think baseball, still hockey, the NBA – all that stuff is just going to – I think they're just going to lose a lot of money over the next few years. Right. So what, like, like you said before, I guess the next question would be, are player salaries going to go down? Right. Because if there's not going to be a bidding war for Monday Night Football, because obviously you made this point, if ESPN can't afford to pay $1.1 billion for Monday Night Football, Fox Sports 1 is the same business model as ESPN. It's right. not like they're going to have the money out of nowhere. Like no television network can probably afford it if ESPN can't, right. probably. Um, so now we're down to your uh, – like other wildcard type things. And there's actually talk that Amazon is, t- is in talks with the NFL to try and get Monday Night Football and make it part of Amazon Prime. Right. Which is a really interesting idea for Amazon, right? That would be great for the consumer. It would be incredible for the consumer. I mean, I mean Amazon Prime, 
I mean, as someone who has Amazon Prime, it's great anyway. Yeah. But like, they add another thing. You could see them getting a lot more subscriptions. I don't know if you could justify a billion dollars a year, but I don't know if they'd have to pay that. Maybe right. They can pay half that. Yeah. You know, if there's no one else out there, and then suddenly that's ultimately going to have a major impact on salary, right? It has yeah. to. By the way, everyone makes so much money in sports. I have no problem with NBA <laughs> players not making forty million dollars a year, and, and right. quarterbacks only making ten million a year instead of twenty. And like, who cares? Right. I agree. Like. These guys are either going to go broke because they don't save their money, or they're they're going to be rich because they kept their money almost no matter how much they're making. Once you're past the like the guys who are like the fourth round picks or the seventh round picks right. or barely, but the guys who are the first round picks who get millions of dollars, it's almost immaterial how much they get because they're either going to manage their money well or they're not. Yeah, right. I mean, I mean this, you can be more a lot significantly more. rich. The sword but, cuts know. both ways, right? Where you know you're an athlete and you're making twenty five million dollars and. Uh, a good argument for that being okay is that's what the market dictates. Right. Like that's that's what the market is has bared for me in my career. And if you, your $25 million turns into $8 million a year, well, guess what? It's still the same thing. That's what the market dictates. You, yeah. lost, you lost money because the market doesn't like you as much anymore. And it's also it's really hard to complain about making $8 million Yeah, a year. I know. But I'm sure some people will. Well, if you were making twenty and you go down to eight, that's when you feel it. You, you know? feel it, but do you? if you haven't spent irrationally, does it even register? I think it does. Yeah. I think, I, I think it really does. I guess so. I mean, it sounds like a lot of money to us, but when you're making 28, it feels like a lot less. Of course. It is a lot less. Yeah. So, you know, like, you're cognizant of that for sure. Yeah. Poor guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully Britt McHenry will uh, one day be working at a towing company herself. <laughs> people treat her very poorly. And yeah. I don't want to say I wish for Danny Cannell to be concussed while playing football, but... He probably already has been. Yeah, he probably has been. Times, so yeah. don't worry about that. You could wish like for other bad things to happen to him if you really want to. I hope he doesn't get a new job very soon. So you want his family to like starve? Basically? No, I, I think I want him... He's probably... Now, I'm making assumptions here based on sure the way he speaks in his tweets, but I'm going to guess he's a bit of a chauvinist or a misogynist, that type of thing. Right, but that's what you do, right? You yeah. you combine that along with other things that you consider yeah. to be ignorant, right, into all one. Yes, thing. that's what I'm doing right, right. now. Yeah, that's, that's exactly that's exactly the reason why the the right hates the left. I know, <laughs> I know. That's I'm, exactly I'm, why. I'm not. I'm. I know. I'm being irrational here, but I'm trying to create a scenario where oh, okay. I can punish Danny Cannell. Okay, okay go, ahead. go ahead. Is that fine? Is that okay with you? I'm and sure. your liberal media bullshit. Okay, so Danny Cannell. I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm gonna guess he's a bit of a chauvinist or traditionalist, and. That's a guess. See, if you had said traditionalist, you would have gotten away with all of this. Fine, so let's call easier. him a traditionalist. Yeah. Um, I want his wife to have a great job and him just to not be able to get a job and him to just be real salty about that. Like, hate not being the breadwinner. That's what I want for Danny Cannell. Huh. Okay. You could also just, like, find out where he lives and, like, when he's walking his dog one day, just run him over with your car. Well, I don't think <laughs> – I don't dislike him that much. I'm not that far. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's another option. Yeah. I don't think I'm quite that far on him. Okay. Yeah. But we fixed it. There's very few, there's very few people that I'm that far on. <laughs> oh, who are you that far on? I don't know if there are any. Well, you just said very few, so there clearly yeah. are a few. You couldn't. You didn't say zero. So give us give us a name. Go ahead. Give Jeff. Us one name. Jeff from accounting. No, come on, really. I don't one, know. One <laughs> person who you'd run over if you had the chance. If I had, um, I guess Assad. I don't know. What. <laughs> wow, you are a cold-blooded man. You wouldn't. I would never hurt a fly. <laughs> okay. I don't. I actually. I don't think I would run him over. Actually, I wouldn't run over Assad. I, maybe I don't know enough about what Assad's done. <laughs> maybe I would if I if I had the opportunity to. That means I probably would know a lot more about it. Yeah. Right. So then I would be able to make a more informed decision. If Hitler were standing there, I would run him over. Well, Mengele, I'd run him over. Goebbels, all those guys, I'd run well, them over. Well, they're not there, so you have to choose the living. They're not there. I mean, what it, time travel will be invented at some point. Someone can go back in time, grab them, put them right in front of me because they heard this podcast, 
And uh, that could be, you know, when I get out of the, in my car today because they've listened to the show and they're like, I'm going to put it. He just said he would do it. Here's Goebbels. Here's, here's the question, though. You just got a pretty new car. Are you sure you want to do that? You might just let it's him go. It's red, though. It's red, so it's not as bad. And yeah, I do. I got, I got insurance on that thing. It's okay, fine. cool. It's fine. All right. It's a great place to stop. It's all about sports. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. We're going to talk NBA playoffs. Time to get into quarter number two. The National Basketball Association playoffs are well underway. The first round is pretty much coming to an end, Grant. 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 Grant, Grant. There, some, <laughs> there were some real opportunities there for some upsets, but they seem to be Going by the wayside. Things now. have changed since we last spoke about the National Basketball Association. The National Basketball Association. When we spoke last, I believe the Bulls were winning two nothing against Boston. Was it only a week ago? And it was two. It was. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it looked like Milwaukee was maybe on the road to upsetting Toronto. They had just blown them out. That's right. It was two to one Milwaukee. They crushed them in Game Three in Milwaukee. Right. And it looked like it was just going to be one of those upsetty type. Type first rounds, but things, I mean, it was kind of cool. Things have evened out now. Boston's won three in a row. Yep. Toronto has won two in a row. Yep. And now those bo- both series are 3 2 in favor of the favorites. As we are recording this, Toronto is playing in Milwaukee game six. They were up four in the first quarter. That might be over by the time you hear this podcast. It will be almost certainly over yeah. by the time you hear this podcast, or nearly so. Uh, Grant and I have a bet on that series, so I'm rooting for the Raps. Yep. I got the Bucks. I was feeling so good after that blowout. I don't blame you. Yeah. Grant was so happy because we made it when it was 1-0 Milwaukee. And I, you know, Grant's the uh, guy who is irrational, and I'm the rational one. Yeah, right, thank you. That's great. So I made the obvious bet and took took the number three seed. I believe, man. I yeah. believe. Yeah. Do you still believe? No. Okay. Just I just think the, Bucks, I think the Bucks have a bright future, and I thought maybe the future was now. Yeah. I mean, that was an unreasonable. Herolibus was saying incredible things about Chris Middleton. Yeah. He sort of rescinded a bunch of those. Oh, has he? Well, he went from saying Chris Middleton's the second best player on the floor to he was on the Bill Simmons podcast after game four and said Middleton was horrible the entire game. He was terrible. And it's not the things you usually say about the second best player on the floor. And he didn't say, but for someone who's so, so, so good and so much better than anyone that has (laughs) he didn't preface it with that. Right. So any thoughts on those two series? The two those were the two biggest stories last week when we were talking. Sure. Well, as someone who's watched the Celtics Bulls series very closely. Sure. You really haven't, even though you're a Bulls fan. Is that I correct? mean, I'm more of a Blazers fan than a Bulls fan. Okay, fair enough. So I'm much, much more of a Celtics fan than anything else in terms of basketball. Um, I do have thoughts. The Celtics decided after game two, being down 2-0, to go super, super small. They pulled starting power forward Amir Johnson, replaced him with Gerald Green, who is a two or maybe a three. And Drafted by the Celtics in the year 1991. It was a long time ago, anyway. It wasn't that yeah. long ago, but it was a really long Danny Granger went the pick before him, I'll say that. That's how Danny long ago Granger. Was. Yeah, that's how long ago. Really? Was. Yep. He was at, Gerald Green out of high school. I'm surprised Danny Granger had a shorter career than Gerald Green. That surprises well, me. Gerald Green was three years younger, four years younger than him. Man, that bring back memories, man. What happened to Danny Granger? He was good for a little while. He got hurt and then he sort of trailed off, and that was kind of wasn't it. he? He was the, really good. The for best a while. player on the Pacers for a while. Absolutely. Yeah. He may have made some All NBA teams and certainly some All Star teams. Yeah. But anyway. Um, so they started Gerald Green and went super small. This also coincided, by the way, with Rajon Rondo, who played out of his mind in the first two games. He yeah. had a triple-double in game two and was amazing, uh, being hurting his wrist and has not played a game since. He said he was going to try and play game five. He did not. He, it said he's doubtful for game six as well, so I wouldn't expect him Yeah, to I wasn't there. thinking the Rondo impact was that big, but it's possible that it was. And part of that might be that 
Rondo with Rondo, it's always maybe been an effort thing. Like I think he probably is extremely talented, and for the first couple of years of his career, he tried really hard and was very successful, and then he just kind of decided to coast. And maybe because he's playing his old team and it's the playoffs, he decided to try a little harder. Maybe there's something there. I mean, maybe. I also think it was just two games. Like, looking back on it, yeah. the Bulls were 41-41 and 41 and sort of you know backed into the playoffs, ultimately. Right. Like, they really shouldn't even be in the playoffs, honestly. I mean, the Celtics shouldn't be a one seed. Don't get me wrong. The Celtics no. really don't deserve to be a one seed. The Bulls don't really even deserve to be an eight seed. These are two teams that are sort of overreached their their seating a little bit. You know, they outkick right. their coverage a little and, bit here. I mean, even if the Celtics do end up winning the series four two, this doesn't look good for their future prospects in these playoffs. Absolutely not. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, not that they ever had great prospects, but in these you playoffs. probably had higher expectations before the series began than you do now. I would say so. I agree. I mean, my expectations are actually kind of similar though, in that like. They're going to almost certainly play the Washington Wizards in round two, assuming they do beat the Bulls in one of these next two games, which I do think they will. They probably will. Yep, and I'm happy to explain why if you want to hear it. No, I believe you. <laughs> but um, I think they have about the same chance they had before against the Wizards. They played the Wizards tough. I think they went 2-2 against them in the regular season. You think they, they were... have like 45% against the Wizards? No, they're favored against the Wizards for sure. Mm. They've got home field advantage, <laughs> home court advantage. They uh, are favored. The, the, the Wizards aren't that good either. I mean, I they're just pretty good. I'm just giving you shit. Yeah. The Wizards won like 48 games. They're a pretty good team. So are the Celtics. Neither one is a world beater. No one should be going to the finals out of this group, right? And even if they did, they would get demolished by the Warriors, who are definitely going to win this year. Yeah. But they're going to get demolished by the Cavs, too. Right. You know, and that's fine. That's like, remember, the Celtics played the Cavs in Boston. Like, a week and a half to go in the regular season, the Celtics, I think, were a game up on the Cavs at that point for the number one seed. And Cleveland came in and blew the doors off the Celtics. LeBron took it seriously and just destroyed them. And it sort of reminded everyone, okay, okay, it doesn't matter who has home court advantage. It doesn't matter how many games we've won. Cleveland is a million times better than the Celtics are right now. That's just a fact. Yeah, and in two years, that may not be the case. But this is still LeBron's window, and it's still his time in the East. That leads me to uh, my next question here. Hit me. It's not well. First, there's a statement, and then there's a question. I love it. LeBron is so good. He's <laughs> so good. Yeah. Like we've seen what you were telling me his averages for the first it. round sweep. It was like 33 points, 10 rebounds, eight assists, three steals, and two blocks, something like that. I feel like you undersold it. Actually, yeah. Is that amazing? You gave. I don't think you gave him enough assists. <laughs> I think he has more. I think he was. Here it is. Hold on. He has 33 points, 10 rebounds, 9 assists. You were pretty yeah. close. 3 steals, 2 blocks. He's playing uh, like 44 minutes a game, though. Yeah, that's Only a lot. Only 4 games, so it's okay, but 44 minutes is a lot of games. Here's the thing, though. He's so good. <laughs> He's just so good on offense and defense. And I know we've talked about this all year, and we're going to keep talking about it. Is it so that LeBron is this good that the Cavs actually have a chance to win the championship? Last year, we didn't think they had a chance either. It's not reasonable to completely count them out because we've already done that and been wrong, right? Yeah. Um, It did take quite the series of events for them to win last year, right? They were down three to one, and then Draymond flicked someone's Steph Curry's balls. Draymond did not flick Steph Curry's balls. Whose balls did he flick? Oh, no. Not his teammates. He flicked LeBron's balls. (laughs) (laughs) He also, I mean, let's be honest. He he probably flicks teammates' balls, too. He can't help himself. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter. (laughs) He just gets angry. Yeah. Uh, So he missed the game, and then they played an all-time great Game 7, which came down to it. I mean, it's everything you wanted from an NBA Finals that. It was maybe the best series of all time. If everyone's really healthy on the Warriors, I don't see how the Cavs can win, but I I said that last year, too. So 
I don't think I think you're right. Like we have to give LeBron a chance to be the greatest player of all time. Yeah. If he has another finals like he has had the last two, they have a chance to win. Yep. And he's capable of that. He just is. Assuming both teams get their injury free, yeah. what percentage chance do you give the Cavs in a seven game series? Twelve percent. What do yeah, you I was thinking them? ten. Yeah. yeah. I mean that it's, sucks. It can't be much. That sucks. But at least the best player in the world is still LeBron James. And yeah. He's the guy who can make it happen. Yep. So that's yep. cool. The guy who um, is almost certainly going to win the MVP, not the best player in the world, is Russell Westbrook. Yeah. And just to give you a sense of how different, how important he is to his team and maybe why he is ultimately going to win the MVP. During the games, the five games in the first round series against the Houston Rockets, with him on the court, his team, the Thunder, plus 15. With him off the court, minus 58. But wait. That minus 58 came in 46 minutes. Wow. So the Thunder Rout scored 137 to 79 in essentially a regulation game when he was not on the court in the playoffs against the Rockets. The rest of that team is not very good, huh? Holy moly. It's hard to believe how bad they are. Yeah. Oladipo's all right. Cantor, Taj Gibson's defense. a nice piece, right? You would like, think they would be a little better yeah. than this. They're not. They're just not. Man, they're not. Robertson is kind of a nothing. Yeah. I mean, he's... A horrible free throw shooter. Yeah. Like crazy bad. They were fouling him on purpose. They were they were shacking him. That's not good because he's a swing man. <laughs> like you should be able to <laughs> hit actually, your free throws. He shoots threes when they're open, but he shot two for twelve, I think, from the line. And they basically force the Thunder, Billy Donovan, to take Robertson out. Yeah. You know, because they're like, we're just gonna keep fouling him and Because so he, he is actually a legitimate defender, right? Oh, he's a really good defender. Yeah. That's that's the only thing he can do very well, is he's a great defensive player. But they're like, Go ahead. We're just gonna, you're gonna never score again. Like, yep. neither will we, but what do we care? <laughs> you know, you, he can guard Harden, but other guys can shoot on, on the Rockets, at least. I mean, it doesn't matter. The Rockets have moved on already. So, um, all right. So, anything else we want to say? Yeah. Spurs and the Grizzlies. It was yep. pretty close there for a second. It was 2-2. Two, two, now it's 3-2 Spurs. Spurs are going to win. Spurs are going to win, of course. All right. I have a couple things about the Jazz Clippers series. Excellent. 3-2 Jazz right now. Are the Jazz a legitimate team? Like, are they pretty good? Yes. Yes. Are they going to be really good next year? I think next year's a little too soon. It depends on if Hayward stays, obviously. Even if Hayward stays, I don't think they're going to be really good next year. I think they've got a chance to be better, a little bit better than they were this year. So maybe get to 54 wins. Two years from now, if everyone sticks around, they could be, they could be among the best teams in the league. Okay. They're going to need continued growth. And really, they need one of their guys, and probably it's Dante Exum, the first-round draft pick from a few years ago who had the ACL tear. Top five draft pick, right? Uh, yeah, fourth overall yeah. behind Aaron Gordon. Uh Maybe fifth overall, actually. Um, but behind Aaron Gordon was the big surprise. The Magic took him instead of Exum, and it shocked everyone. Um, they're really going to, they need that point guard guy. And right now they have George Hill, who's good. Yeah. But they need another star, like a backcourt star. And it's really hard for the Jazz to get when they're not going to get a free agent, you know? Yeah. And they don't really have any good draft picks anymore. So they have to hit a home run with like the 17th pick in the draft or the 20th pick in the draft. And they need Dante Exum to figure it out. Yeah. So I don't Rodney know if it's going to happen. Rodney Hood could get take a step forward. Rodney you know? Hood's really nice. Yeah. But he's more of a scorer than anything else. You know? Yeah. I don't, I don't know if he can really be a star. He's also pretty short, and he can't be play point. So He's not that short. He's pretty short. He's like 6'5 or 6'6. Six, six. I think he's young. I think he's shorter than that. We can bet. I got, I got, I got a penny that says you're wrong. All right. <laughs> what about a penny? 6'5. I get 6'5 and up. Okay. Deal. Um, all right. So in that same series, the Clippers always disappoint. 
Like yeah. every postseason. I know they're dealing with injuries all the time, but, but that's part of the game. Yeah, but they did lose yeah. Blake Griffin for right. the season. Yeah, I know. That's for, not it's not great. But the Clippers every year since Chris Paul has joined that team, they've been considered like a very near super team, right? Yeah. But they all they never make it past have they even made the Western Conference Finals? I don't think they have. They've definitely made the second round numerous times, but I don't know if they ever got out of the second round. Is Chris Paul that good? Yes. That's that's my question. He is. The problem is DeAndre is incredibly limited. Yes. Incredibly limited. And you can do things. You can either force him off the court, much like we were talking about with Robertson, or you can force him to just keep taking free throws and basically take away a lot of the value of Chris Paul and Blake Griffin. Yeah. So you think they would be a better team without DeAndre Jordan? I think, I mean, I don't know if they'd be better without him, but I think they would have a a higher upside ultimately. You know, their ceiling could be a lot higher if they got different kinds of players. Like it's really tough when you when your great defensive rebounding big man essentially makes it so you can't score on offense. Yeah, it's really tough. In the end of a playoff game, and the end of, you know, in, in playoff games where you can't score and you've got Chris Paul, who's one of the best point guards of all time, is basically not allowed to do anything until the last two minutes of the quarter. That's a problem. Yeah, DeAndre makes it basically rewards the defense for fouling him. You know. Yeah, that's that is a problem. I, th- I think your position must be that the Clippers would be better without DeAndre because if you're saying Chris Paul actually yeah. is very good and I they am. can't get out of the second round, there has to be a reason that's not Chris Paul. Right. Yeah. I don't blame Chris Paul for it. I blame much more Blake Griffin and DeAndre. And Blake, I mainly blame because he's gotten hurt, not yeah. because of his abilities. Chris Paul actually got hurt. Was it last year or the year La- before? It was last year where Griffin and Paul were both hurt, which allowed the Blazers to beat them okay. in round one. Two years ago, though, Chris Paul got hurt and Griffin had to become like the point guard. Oh, yeah. And he did great. He played like one of the best players in the league, like top five. Yeah. And it, and it looked like he had ascended to this new level. And they beat the Spurs in the first round as a result. Right. It was incredible. Um, but that is not. But he's but he's been continually hurt. He can opt out of his contract and be a free agent and go anywhere. The Clippers have a real decision here. Because if they sign Blake, they're basically, basically committing to this core. Yeah. But this core is not enough. Apparently so, not. What are you supposed to do if you're the Clippers? Do you burn it down when you still have Chris Paul in his prime? I don't know. It seems like it should be so good with those three players. It feels yeah. like it should be a lot better than it is. I mean, yeah, it really does. I mean, uh, it's tough to have it. It's tough to have a center in this NBA who only rebounds and block shots. It's yeah. just tough. Gobert seems to make it work. Gobert does make it work, but he's more effective offensively. He's not great. And he can shoot free throws. He can shoot free throws. He he dunks more than anyone else in the league. He shoots 66% from the floor. Gets 14 points a game, so he's highly efficient, and he does make it work. You're right. Yeah. You're right. So that's impressive that he's able to do it. He's got a little bit more offensive game. You basically don't have to worry about DeAndre except crashing the offensive boards, right? And catching alley-oops. Also, you know, there's a school of thought, Horolibus Vulgaris, when I say school of thought, that's what I mean who says DeAndre isn't really a great defensive player. He just rebounds a lot and blocks shots, which is different. than Kind of like Hassan Whiteside. Right. As opposed to Gobert, who everyone acknowledges is an insanely good defensive player. Right. Yeah, that's possible. So I don't know. I mean, there's the other move the Clippers could make, which they had talked about at the trade deadline, which is actually trading for a piece rather than trading away or giving up on some of their pieces. Like the one guy in the league who they could get. Carmelo. That's the guy. Yeah. He's the guy who, like, does make some sense for them, right? Yeah. I don't know if it's a good you idea. You don't ask him to do too much, but he can do the ISO scoring for you, and that's good enough, I guess. What would it, what would Carmelo be like on a team where you have Blake Griffin and Chris Paul? Maybe they'd be really good. Maybe he could do a lot more. Yeah. You know, he'd be he'd have space like he hasn't seen maybe his whole career. Definitely his whole career. I mean, he had Iverson on his team for a while, but that's about it. I mean, bad Iverson. Bad though. Iverson, yeah. They were not that good. Yeah. 
Iverson was never really that good, man. Okay, I know you're overrated. Whatever. I'm just calling it like I sees it. Anyway. If he was on the Celtics, you would think he was amazing. Well, you know, he got in there. He got fouled a lot. (laughs) (laughs) He's a leader of men. He's a great passer. Right. You know, he had to take a lot of shots at the end of the shot clock. (laughs) Anyway. uh, All right. Why don't we stop it there? We'll come back, talk a little more NFL, and then move on to Let the Grant Fix It. As we've been doing this show, the NFL draft has been slowly creeping up, and it is just beginning right now. All indications are the Browns are going to take Miles Garrett. Yeah, I think that's the guy. First number one overall there. Uh, he is a defensive lineman, I believe. Defensive end. Whatever. We don't. <laughs> the point is we don't really know. And don't care. That's the point, Even though we it? watch a lot of football. We love football. A lot of people do watch the NFL draft. I've watched the NFL draft before because I enjoy team building and things like that, watching trades happen. But I guess my team doesn't even have a first-round pick. And if they were picking, they'd be picking last in the first round, of course. But they've traded, that. They've traded that for Brandon Cooks. Did you know that? Yeah. They have Brandon Cooks on their team now. Yeah, I he, know. He's a young, pretty dynamic wide receiver, Grant. You hate that guy. Oh, I don't. Last year, I drafted him in fantasy football, and you and Jonathan made fun of me forever. He's yeah. like, that's the worst fucking pick ever. Brandon Cooks sucks. It was a bad pick. It wasn't. It actually turned out to be a perfectly fine pick. Well, no. It turned out to be a perfectly fine pick. That doesn't mean it was a good pick. Come on. It was a good pick. I thought it was a good pick, and I was right. You were wrong. It just worked out. You, know, <laughs> you went all in with seven deuce off. You right. thought because you had a feeling, and it worked, and you won the hand. Congratulations. doesn't mean it was I right. won the fucking fantasy league, so you could you did, shut actually. the fuck up. That's not why you won, though, is it? It helped. We know why you won. All right, let's let's get into this though. Bribery. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is it that we love football, even though we hate the NFL? Yeah, we love we love, and we love watching NFL football. We love fantasy football. We love talking football. But the NFL draft doesn't hold a huge place for you or me. Right. You less than me, I think. Probably. Like if the Bears had the fourth overall pick, you still wouldn't care. Is that true? I would care a little. Yeah, if the Patriots had the number four overall pick, I would have done crazy research on all like the top seven. The players Bears have a high pick; they have like the seventh pick. Yeah, they do, don't yeah. they? I guess I don't really care. Yeah, like you don't even know who the quarterbacks are, right? Because they'd be looking to take a quarterback potentially. Yeah, can you name any of the quarterbacks who they might take? Because I can name them. No, I can name like the top three quarterbacks. Easy, but as you easy. know, I'm very much not into college sports. In I general. neither am I. I only know because of NFL draft articles I've read and stuff. Yeah, like I know it's Pat Mahomes, Mitch Trubisky, I think it's pronounced, and of course Deshaun Watson, the Clemson quarterback. Yeah, I, I remember the, that guy. One so the Heisman. I, I think part of it for me is the timing of it. It's right in that pocket where the NBA playoffs are going on. Yeah, I haven't thought about the NFL for months, and Correct. it's just like way in the back of my mind. They I used to have the NFL draft take place a week or two before the NBA playoffs. And I think that made a lot more sense. Yeah, that's definitely better. Like it wasn't competing against anything. Now it is. It seems weird. But let's dig a little deeper as to why we don't care, because I do care about the NBA draft. Me too. Um, I think part reason number one is an individual player has a much greater chance to impact an NBA team than an NFL team most of the time. For sure. Quarterbacks certainly impact NFL teams in a huge way, but there's only five players on the court and 13 players on the team in the NBA. Yeah. It's a lot different. Whereas also, like there's a, and there's a positional thing too, right? So yeah. I, I think that's what you were going to say, right? No, I was going to say even the court, the players who might have a huge impact on their team, quarterbacks are the guys who would do that and they're almost never going to do it in their rookie year no not they, that they, they may play they may even quote play well but you may get the occasional robert griffin the third but it's incredibly rare yeah it is or Dak prescott yeah, yeah. he went fourth fourth round though. yeah i know so you wouldn't know you wouldn't have seen that one coming right but go um on. 
So in the NBA, you can see a player's impact almost immediately, and they get to be featured right away because, you know, if they're a really good rookie, they're going to start and they're going to play a lot on a bad NBA team, and that's something exciting about that bad NBA team. Right. If you draft a left tackle first overall on your bad NFL team, like, who gives a shit? I'm not going to tune into the watch the Jaguars, see their dynamic new left tackle. Who gives a fuck? You have to be pretty hard yeah. <laughs> to do that. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, too, like... I know a few college football players, not too many, but like Deshaun Watson we know. We know Leonard Fournette, the running back. I'm right. excited to see Leonard Fournette in the NFL. Right, right. Yeah. Those are the people we've heard of, and those are the, also the guys who we can sort of measure to some degree, are they doing well or not? Like, oh, a running back, he got a, he ran for 10 yards. That seems good. Right. Oh, Trent Richardson ran for two yards again, and effectively, he's not doing well. I mean, like, we need like an NFL insider to tell us if, if – the offensive lineman is doing the right things. Honestly, even the insiders mostly don't know. There's right. the Ron Jaworskis of the world who watch all the film and, and stuff and actually do know. But mostly these days when I see like even the elite media types, they're mostly writing about like the pro football focused scores of guys and yeah. stuff like that, not their own assessment cuz they sort of they've sort of ultimately finally come to the point of acknowledging or stop pretending that they have any level of assessment. Right. I think they were mostly just parroting what coaches have told them and you know, people who supposedly in the know who also I think were wrong a lot or didn't sure. know themselves and thought they knew, right? I mean, yeah. it's hard to always know. But yeah, the lack of name players and the lack of players at positions where we sort of even understand if someone's doing well or not, it's hard for me to know if a cornerback is good. Right. Like Namdi Asimo was the best cornerback in the NFL one year. He had zero interceptions because he was thrown at twice because right. everybody was so afraid of him. Right. Like that's not an e- that's not an easy thing to see as a viewer. Right. Because, yeah. yeah, we're not seeing that. We're following the ball. The yeah. camera's following the ball, and we're following it. Right. And sometimes the cornerback will get drafted high or an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman. And with defensive lineman, you can see their impact sometimes, and they make flashy plays. Sometimes. Yeah. But even so, like a sack or something like that. I mean, even the guys who get a lot of sacks get 20 over the course of 16 games. Right. But so it was th- impressive to watch Joey Bosa this year, for example. That guy's going to be really good. He did seem like he was dominating. Yeah. It's true. But, it's, but to your point, it's really rare to see that, right? Yeah. So... Yeah, it's just not exciting because mostly they're going to name names of guys who don't mean anything to me. Right. The other thing that's um, better in the NBA than it is in the NFL is the trades that happen during the draft. Right. So the NBA draft, when trades happen, often it's kind of exciting. Like players who we know mm-hmm. go to from one team to another. It's a big sea change for both teams. It's a big deal. You know, like that happens. In the NFL, when trades happen, it's usually you're trading picks for other picks. Almost never does a player actually get traded during the draft. It's and when not they like, do, they're it's not like the Giants player. have traded Eli Manning to trade up to the number eight pick. Right. You know, like, that doesn't happen. Exactly. However, DeMarcus Cousins did get traded in the, in the NBA. Yeah. The National Basketball Association, they make big trades. They kind of ne- almost never do that in the NFL. Yeah. So it makes it a lot less exciting watching like people fly around, which is the most fun part of trade deadlines and drafts for me. For sure. So... So it's it's missing all of that. It's also just so huge. There's so many players on each team, and yeah. the draft is so long, and so many players are drafted. Like, who watches day two of the NFL draft? You have to be deep into it to watch day two of the NFL draft. I mean, you know, there's three days now, too. Okay, right. fine, day three. I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> like yeah. I'm, I'm saying day two is way beyond the pale for me. I mean, like, right. if I turned on the TV and saw that the NFL draft was starting right now, I might watch the first five picks to see what's up. But I'm certainly not staying for long. I mean, the other problem is the NFL draft has a long time between picks. It used to be 15 minutes. I think it's down to 10 
but it still goes on forever. But didn't you see the movie Draft Day, dude? So I much did. intrigue. Yeah, I did see. Well, let's that. pretend that this guy who made these horrible mistakes is the best GM in the world. That's he's what the they're worst. Doing. He's the worst fucking. If you see Draft Day and you know anything about the NFL or you know theory or thought in general, yeah, holy shit, that guy's a moron, and he's rewarded with being called a great coach. Or GM, excuse me. It is embarrassing. Yeah. Especially to do it about the NFL when so many people know about the NFL in this country right. and to make an American movie about that and think that's going to work out. It seems just weird. It's a weird decision. It was it, The movie was kind of about like the triumph of faith over reason almost yeah. is what it felt like. I think yeah. so. I think so. Wow. So bad. Just, just leave me alone. Let me do my job. Let me work. Yeah. Like you've done a terrible you've job. You've already traded away all of our assets. <laughs> I don't want to let you work. Stop working, please. So yeah. if, if GMs would do dumb shit like that more often, the NFL draft would be more exciting. That is true. Yeah. I would watch the NFL draft more. The other thing is though, you don't have to watch these things anymore. No. Like we were talking about before with ESPN. There's so many ways to follow this without it being on TV. Like I'm gonna keep slight track of it on the internet during the evening. You know, like every so often I'll check every hour and see, oh, did anyone I know Get picked that I've heard of. Where did Fournette go? Where did Trubiesky go? Was there a trade? No. Okay, moving on. You know, right? Like I'll check every hour. Honestly, the NBA draft itself isn't that exciting either. It's maybe just a little bit more exciting because of the potential trades. I think the draft lottery is more exciting than the draft itself. And the lotteries can be very. If you have a team in the draft lottery, wow. Especially if there's like a big deal star who's the clear number one overall pick. I mean, that was what it was for me last year. With the Celtics, who had the third best chance at yeah. the number one pick, and it was a two-person draft with Simmons and Ingram at the top, or so it seemed at the You're time. Right. And there were three teams left. And they go to commercial with three teams left, and they're coming back, and I'm so nervous. Yeah, <laughs> like oh my gosh, they're so close. Then they got the third pick, which right. seems to have worked out fine. But I mean, it's probably not going to work out as well as Ben Simmons. No, I prefer Ben Simmons. Yeah. but um, seems to be working out better than like the second pick, which is I mean, who knows how? Yeah, we don't know had it switched around, but anyway. Um, all right, so. I mean, this isn't a let the grand fix. We're not going to try and fix the NFL draft right here. But those are some of the reasons why we're not that interested in it, right? Yeah. Which is just, it's interesting to me because it is a popular thing for a lot of people who I guess are just starved for not baseball and not basketball hey, if, and um, not hockey. If any of you guys out there are actually big fans of the NFL draft, enjoy the NFL draft, go ahead and tweet at the Sportnado and tell us why. Yeah. Or even just that you care. Yeah. That would be cool, too. Not about us, but about the draft. We right. know you care about us. Of course. We understand that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's a great point. We do have, of course, the Sportnado. That's our yeah. Twitter handle. And you can not only tweet that, you can also tweet suggestions for the show for Let the Grand Fix It, our fourth quarter segment as well. Before we get to that segment, though, I want to bring up one other thing that's in the news. And it's about Cleveland Browns Pro Bowl left tackle Joe Thomas, who's 32 years old, and said in an interview on Wednesday that he is experiencing memory loss, Grant. And it's a little bit weird because he's not entirely blaming football for it, but he's not entirely not blaming football for it either. Right. I have a couple quotes from him. Go. Um, They make me sad for him Mm -hmm. and also make me think he kind of is blaming football. Yeah. Um, He's talking – this is in reference to him losing his memory some and and having these cognitive defects. He said, those are obviously scary and frightening things, but I think from my perspective, I can't do anything about it. This was the profession that I have already chosen, and most of the damage has probably been done already. So what are the things that I can do to try to minimize my chances of having those negative effects down the line and then do everything I possibly can? Then I can't worry about it. I have to accept it. That's just sad. Oh, it's dark. But I do hope that medicine continues to improve, and in 10 years maybe, they'll be able to fix my body better than they did for those poor guys who were crippled up from playing in the NFL in the 60s and 70s. Yeah, I guess that sentence right there says what he really thinks about it. right? Right. He's like, yeah, the NFL destroys people. Right. Yeah, for sure. 
He knows it. He's aware of it. He's, he's scared of it, and he should be. He's just trying to find a way to talk about it where he doesn't get killed right. himself. So that, that is a way to do it. He also just here's some other quotes from him, too. He said, it's a concern, but the way I look at it is just about every profession in our society, there's some lasting effects. It's just the way that our society is set up. People have to work. If I was a stonemason, if I was a painter or building bridges, there's going to be some wear and tear on your body and your brain, and that's just the way it is. That's some pretty serious rationalization. Yeah. I mean, How about like, if you worked at a desk in an office and did not have those things happen to you? Oh, then I guess you can get carpal tunnel. I mean, you could be a stonemason and not have significant memory loss and not have CTE. Unless the know. stones fell on your head. Right. I mean, you could. You might break your your finger or yeah. something. Like if a stone lands on your head on your hand, that would hurt. By the way, he then immediately talks about you look at guys with significant Alzheimer's and dementia and the mood swings and the suicides that unfortunately NFL players have been faced with and depression, Lou Gehrig's disease. These are all things that have kind of been linked to the brain damage from football. You know what? He's totally killing the NFL. He's just yeah. trying to find a, a reasonable but way, he's not gonna, way to But say. he's not retiring. That's the thing that's weird. Yeah. Why? I guess he just likes it's money. money. It's got to be it's a money It's got to be thing. the money, yeah. He talked about lifestyle. Yeah. But he's got to have so much money. I, maybe he didn't save it. Yeah, maybe not. Don't. I mean, he's been paid a lot of money for a long time. He's been considered the best left tackle in the NFL for at least a couple of the years he's been in the NFL. Most, I think most of the years, yeah. if not all of them. He also was the number three overall pick in the draft. That was the Brady Quinn year when Quinn right. fell all the way to like 24 and the Browns traded up to take him. And uh, people thought Quinn might go three overall the Browns and they took what Joe they Thomas. was the best player available. Thomas. Thomas was not at the draft. I remember this, too. He went on a boat with his dad, and they were fishing instead. And Thomas has even said about this draft, um, I don't know why any players would go to the draft because it's like you're doing – it's like you're actors who are unpaid. Like the NFL, you know, you get all this footage. You're doing all these things, giving all these interviews and all that, and you get paid nothing for it. And the NFL is like everyone profits from it but you. I don't know why anyone would do it. That's a good perspective. So it's like he's sort of getting aware of how he's been exploited, even though he wasn't exploited by the draft itself, but sort of how he's been exploited yeah. and how players are exploited. And he's trying to find ways to talk about it that aren't so inflammatory that everyone hates him. Right. Basically. And I guess he's doing an okay job. But the weird part is the not retiring part. Yeah. Usually when somebody says stuff like this, they retire. Maybe he still will. Maybe he will. You know what? He, he's got a lot of – it's a long time till September. Right? For his sake, I kind of hope he does. After that? If he's already experiencing memory loss, that's scary shit. I don't know what I would do. I mean, he said it might be that I'm getting old. He's 32. Give me a break. I mean, look, I forget things once in a while too. You know this. You yeah. see me forget things. But I used to forget things when I was younger, and it's hard to know if I forget the same amount or a little bit more. But it's not a debilitating thing. The way Joe Thomas talks about it when asked – to describe examples of his memory loss. He talks about like going to the grocery store and not remembering what you were going to buy. And I feel like it could be like you went to the grocery store just for lemons and you have no idea when you're there, why you're there and what you were supposed to buy. Or you went to the grocery store to buy 12 things and you remember 10 of them. I think if he's talking about it, it's an issue. Me too. And if he, even if it is the second one and he remembers 10 of the 12, it sounds like he's a smart guy. It's possible that Joe Thomas always could remember the 12 of the 12, and now he can't. Right. You know? I mean, and that, it, that's a difference that he's not used to. No, I think, he's, I think he's using this to try and take down the NFL because also, as we talked about before this show, he has access to the best doctors right. who understand about head injuries. And he would have said to them, I'm experiencing some weird memory loss. And they would have said to him something like, no, that's totally normal, Joe. Everyone does when you're 32. Or right. that's unusual and abnormal, and that's what happens to football players. Like yeah. He would have heard that already. The fact that he doesn't bring any of this up, I think, is telling, too. Yeah, the fact that he feels like it's notable at all is yes. telling. Yes, yes. So right. 
I agree. It's sort of sad that he has yet to retire. But again, maybe he's going to. I hope so. I hope so, too. Honestly, no one should be playing NFL football. No, but I like watching it. Me, too. Or bastards. <sighs> Such a moral dilemma. Yeah. All right. Shall we uh, roll right into? Oh, we can't roll right into. We're going to need to take a quick break. Then we'll come back and do Let the Grant Fix It. We're back for our fourth quarter. It's Let the Grant Fix It. It's the time when I pose sports and other dilemmas to Grant, and he does his best to come up with fun and creative This one fixes. is sports. I read you like a book. You know everything. Yeah. Last, last week you said it definitely wasn't sports, and it was sports. Must not forget. It wasn't exactly sports. What was it? Yeah, I mean, it was about Robert Kraft's ring being stolen by Putin. <laughs> That's not sports. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Whatever, man. I'm doing my thing over here. So why did you say so definitively last week you were wrong, Ray? Oh, it's one of those memory things. You're talking about how you <laughs> don't remember things very it well. It may just because I'm older, or maybe it's from all the hits in the head. Who yeah. can say? All right. So... You ready for Let the Grand Fix It, sir? I think so. This was suggested by no one at all. I found this myself. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, um, good. At Jonathan Levy underscore the worst. <laughs> Dot com. Yeah. That's my, that's my Twitter handle. Yeah. Feel free to bring it on. Okay. You, you know about golf, right? I know a thing or two. Yeah, like, you, um, it exists. Good enough. Dustin Johnson is addicted to cocaine. Yes. Um, or was, at least. Was. He hurt his pinky finger or his butt or something something like that um well that's fine bear bryant <laughs> close enough <laughs> yeah you've you've held a golf ball in your life i've hit a golf ball with a golf club great so you have a sense of what a golf ball is like i know what a golf ball is like it's important for this one it's got little dimples it's dimples it's like pretty solid it can hurt yes you get hit in the head with one of those things it's gonna be a problem yeah lights out yeah so a week ago or so last friday mccain foods announced a recall for packages of frozen hash browns that, and I quote, may be contaminated with extraneous golf ball materials, end quote. What? That's right. What the, does that mean? The, how? <laughs> <laughs> they are not commenting on how this, these things got mixed together, I'm sorry to say, but the FDA has actually put out um, a little bit more information about two different products by McCain's Foods, that were distributed to nine states overall, Roundy's brand, two-pound bag of frozen Southern-style hash browns, as well as Harris Tweeter bag, two-pound bag of frozen Southern-style hash browns. I feel like you just said a bunch of gibberish. What, what were those words? Frozen? Harris Tweeter bag? Harris Who's Tweeter Harris brand. Tweeter bag? <laughs> Harris Tweeter is the name of the brand. Oh, uh, okay. So it's, it's Roundy's and Harris Tweeter, but it's the same thing. I guess gotcha. they own two yeah. different kinds of brands, right? But it's the two-pound bag the of The false frozen, competition they're creating. Yes. Frozen Southern-style hash browns. That's true, by the way, for almost everything the supermarket cars brands brands in general like supermarket yeah. brands there's like six brands and it looks like there's so many so much selection but back to this because yeah. most of them don't have golf ball materials in the food i hope not or maybe it's okay maybe it improves your golf game oh you, it turns out also these are different brands for different states so they're like trying to like it's like the Carl's jr and hardy's i think it is like yeah that. so what's Roundies, with that i don't get that you know i i can't really answer that well roundies went to um Pick and save supermarkets in Illinois and Wisconsin, while Harris Tweeter went to North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia. If you're living in these states, be aware. Don't District, eat the golf balls. District of Columbia, Delaware, Florida, Georgia, and Maryland. Don't eat the golf balls. If you eat golf balls, then you've got nothing to be afraid of. Um, the distribution occurred after January 19th of this year, and they're saying that's it. They're not giving any more information. But what we know is extraneous golf ball materials in hash browns in nine states. Your job, sir. You're the PR man. Of course I am. <laughs> Fix this problem. This is, this is a problem. This is easy. Okay. 
is not easy. No. Okay, this is a this is an interesting one. As you like to say, Jonathan, it's a feature, not a bug. <laughs> Let's not go around and pretend we want a normal hash brown. We've, right. Have you seen a Denny's commercial? I have. Don't you want to just fucking kill yourself when you watch those commercials? Especially when you see those hash browns. They look pretty bad. Yeah, horrible. Horrible. Those families, they're sad. They're all, they're all broken families at Denny's. But yeah. guess what? Harris Tweeter families are not broken families <laughs> because we eat golf balls. <laughs> but <laughs> you had me till you said golf ball. Yeah, okay. They're all the way till golf. Balls. Okay, I'm gonna keep going with it. Okay. Let's forget I said that. Okay. Um. Anyway, there's a unique feature to these hash browns that are exclusively distributed in these nine lucky states. <laughs> nice. If you're one of the lucky citizens of one of these states, or even a neighboring state, you might want to consider driving over and picking yeah. up some hash browns. You get exclusive Dustin Johnson branded, excellent. Golf-oriented hash browns <laughs> infuse the power of the winningest player of the last year in the PGA Tour. Yeah, just right into your mouth using hash browns. Cook them up, eat them up, feel great, play some golf. Life's life's a breeze. Okay, well, I I do have some. I don't know if the questions are the right word. I might have an objection or two. Okay, um, why? And uh, I do have a thought though as well. I have like a, a, a maybe a possible like side solution to this. Okay. But my, my first real concern would be about the harm that one might oh, undergo no. upon eating golf ball materials. Did the FDA said that golf ball materials were harmful? They, they're they forcing a recall. Yes, Did they say No, it's just because they think that we tricked the consumer. We didn't trick the consumer. It's like finding something at the bottom of a cereal box. It's a trick that the consumer loves. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I guess you're right. Like we, We're not expecting no one thinks we're supposed to eat the prize in the the frosted flakes. No, right? I mean, I we mean, you have, have to, to assume that. a certain level of intellect among <laughs> your average buyer. Like, you're not necessarily supposed to eat all of the golf ball materials, but a little bit probably couldn't hurt. Right, right. Yeah, just enjoy. It's an interesting, interesting thought. I was thinking slightly different. Salsa on there, and, mm. rather than it have be something that we would expect the consumer to actually eat and and push that particular agenda. Um, what if we instead went with the idea of it's sort of like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And, you know, there's a, these are like the golden ticket ones. And, like, if you find the hash browns that have the golf ball material in them, the extraneous golf ball material in them, you get to get flown to the Harris Tweeter plant. You get to tour the facility? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. See how the hash browns are made. Here's my problem with that, Jonathan, yeah. as the PR guy. Okay. Um, I don't have the authority to, to authorize tours of the facility itself. Okay. I, I was given a tour of the facility. And let me tell you. It blew my balls off. It's an amazing facility. <laughs> I don't know if we can just give a tour away. That's the thing that presidents and diplomats, they try to get in there. Yeah. We only let the ones that we're like close to war with go in there just to make sure that we don't go to war. <laughs> like Kim Jong-un is yeah. into the Harris Tweeter plant. Yeah. For sure, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. He wasn't, um, he wasn't that impressed, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so maybe, maybe it wouldn't be that. Maybe it's like this. How about this? Because I want to really respect how impressive this tour is and how hard it is to get the tour. Yeah. Maybe everyone who finds extraneous golf ball materials in their hash browns is flown to South Carolina or wherever yeah. this brand is. They could look place. at the building, maybe. Is. What? Maybe they could look at the building. Well, no, maybe they could do this. There's, they have a golf tournament. Mm. That, it fits the theme. I mean, yeah, build, in, build it in, yeah. Yeah, and whoever wins the golf tournament, they get a tour. So one person gets a tour, not everybody. <sighs> It's probably going to be a lot of people. It's asking, I'm going to have to talk to my bosses on that one. Yeah. I'm, it's asking a lot, but it, it's, it's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea, I'll right? think about it. Can you imagine people would be like, so instead of like crunching into the, the cooked hash browns and thinking, what's wrong? Ah, I can sue. They're like, 
that yes, we did it. We found the yeah. golf ball. We're going to South Carolina, <laughs> you know. I mean, another thing you could look at is this is potentially a collector's item. I mean, you yeah. know, you know, the most valuable coins are the misprinted coins. That's with right. The face backwards and shit like That's that. That's a great point. I mean, you're gonna need to put it in a place. Let let all the water get out of it because it's frozen. But then you know, put it in some sort of collector material thing, like like a mylar type deal. Sure, mylar, whatever nerds like to have in their homes. <laughs> that's how you that's how you protect things, man. Yeah, get the mylar. <laughs> put put yourself that uh, golf ball material hash brown in the mylar. Fifty years later, your grandkids are rich. I mean, wow. Think what about that deal. for a second. Why, who needs to buy Bitcoin? Uh, by the time this gets out there, I'm sure there's just going to be rushes on all the grocery stores in these states <laughs> just buying as many. I mean, it's it's like an incredible investment. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. So so those people who are finding these uh, these bags and finding the golf ball materials, yeah. they're going to want to fight this FDA recall. I Well, I mean, do, does the FDA come to their houses and physically <laughs> take away the, the hash browns? I mean, I don't know. With this government, who can say? <laughs> <laughs> I think they're perfectly safe to just keep keep the hash browns, eat them for enjoyment, try to get right. a little bit better at golf by eating the hash browns, sure. or keep them as a collector's item. What about going for, to the golf tournament? The golf tournament? Oh, if you if you find some, you can enter to go to the golf yeah, tournament. You, but there's going to have to be a lottery to get even get into the golf tournament. What? Do you know how many fucking golf balls we put in those <laughs> hash browns? <laughs> so many. <laughs> Ooh, it is nine states worth. That's a yeah. good point. Two pound bags also. Yeah. Oh, man. Pound and a half of golf ball in there. <laughs> half a pound of potato. Southern hash brown fried potatoes. Yeah. Two pound bag. All right. Fixed okay. it. Yeah, that was great. That was a quick one, but it was a good one. I like it. All right. We're going to stop right there. I'm going to go eat some hash browns. It sounds not as good as it used to, honestly. Sounds pretty good to me. So for Grant Dennison, I'm Jonathan Levy. Thanks for listening to Sportnado. You can tweet at the Sportnado. Any suggestions for Let the Grant Fix It or the show in general? We always love to hear from you guys. And uh, we'll see you next week.